0: Can you guys hear me? Okay, thank you. This is, first of all, thank you guys so much for being here. To be able to be standing up here in front of my peers is literally, is an insane moment for me and one that I don't think I fully grasp because up until literally probably three years ago, I didn't even think that I was good enough to be a trainer. I didn't even think that I was... Intelligent enough. I didn't know enough about the body. Um, I didn't know how to program. I mean, you name it, I was basically like, I should leave this industry. This isn't for me. Um, but I stuck with it. And eventually I came to the point in time where I realized that I had to broaden my perspective of what it meant to be a trainer. And um, it took me a long time. It literally took me, I've been in this industry for 10 years. It took me up until three years ago, and it was all a journey that I'm excited to share with you guys today. So if you know anything about me, you know that I love to move. Um, But what you don't know is why I love to move so much and why I'm so passionate about movement. And um, never actually told this story out loud, so bear with me. Um, When I was a freshman in high school, I was going through um, an extremely difficult time. I was in a really, really deep dark place and, um, and I didn't wanna be here anymore. So I realized that in order for me to stay alive, I, um, I had to figure out a reason and a purpose to live and to wake up every morning. And I came to the point where the only thing that brought me joy in my life was movement. And, um, and so I decided that um, it wasn't fair to leave this world and to put my family through so much pain. Um, so I had to literally dive into movement full steam ahead. So for movement at that time for me was sports. So I dove into soccer and track and field and um, and it saved my life. So four years later, fast forward, I am a freshman at the University of Washington on the track and field team. Um, and I am alive and I am well. And movement was the thing that healed me. Um, And then fast forward another four years, and I am graduating from UW, and I am incredibly injured and broken. And the one thing that had always meant so much to me and the one thing that I could turn to no matter what was now, in some sense, taken away from me and there was no way that I was gonna get through my life without movement. And so I realized that I needed to learn about my body. Um, so I turned to NASM and I got my CBT, and it was really for no other reason than to heal myself. Um, while I was going through the course, I had a friend that asked me if I, if I would come and teach a boot camp for her colleagues. And I was like, sure, of course. But never, as odd as it sounds, never in my mind did I think that I was gonna be a trainer. I was for sure going back to school Um, to be a social worker. So nowhere in my mind was I gonna be a trainer, but yes, I'll I'll come coach this boot camp. And I kid you not, in the first five minutes of this boot camp, I completely fell in love. Nothing had made me feel so alive and so present and so in the mov- in the moment than teaching these women movement. And it was like, it was such an incredible experience for me over the course of the next several months to witness how much they came alive and how empowered they were by watching what they could physically do with their bodies and how much their self confidence grew. And for me, it was what they were doing there in that boot camp was then translating out into their world and into their life. And they were making so many positive life changes that in that moment, I realized that movement was not only the tool to heal myself, but movement was possibly the tool to heal others. And and I remember literally 10 years ago, probably almost to the day, deciding that this was the thing that I wanted to do to help the world. It was the thing that saved my life, and it was the the thing that I could do to give back. And so in that moment, I decided to become a trainer. Now, my road (laughs) from making that decision to where I am today was very, very rocky and bumpy and long. Um, walking into the industry as a trainer with the belief that people are more than their body and that I'm not working them out to change the way that they look didn't really go over very well, um, especially to clients. And you know, 99% of the people that were coming in are. You know, you sit down, and I'm in a big box gym, and we're asking them questions, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I need to lose weight, or, uh, you know, I wanna, I wanna get more muscular, or whatever it was. It was always, I want to change my body every single time, and all I kept hearing when they were saying that was. I want to be happy. Like, I just want to be happy. And for me, I knew happiness didn't, it didn't lie in what they looked like. As much as we're told to believe that what you look like will then equate to happiness, it's not sustainable happiness. It may last for a month, maybe a year, but it's not sustainable happiness. And the thing for me in that moment was, I'm not going to use movement as a punishment. I'm not going to co-sign the fact that there's something wrong with the way that you look. I'm not going to do that. And so it was a long, hard road for me. It was a big struggle. I felt different than all of my peers. Um, I didn't feel like I was even meant to be in this industry, but there was something deep down inside of me that wouldn't let me leave. And every single day it was a struggle. And I eventually developed this program that was more sports performance related. And I got people into that program and they started having positive results, but not results in the fact that they were changing the way they looked. It was results in the fact that they started to feel empowered in their body, and they started to feel grateful for all the things that their body could do. And what they were achieving inside the gym was then reflected in what was going on in their world. They were leaving abusive relationships. They were switching careers. And it was, it was such a powerful thing to be witnessing. And so I found some success in that and I had developed a program at the time and I was doing okay. But at the end of the day, I still didn't feel worthy of being in this industry. Every single day I walked into that gym, I didn't feel like I was smart enough. I didn't feel like I knew enough about the body I mean, shit, I felt every single day that somebody was going to out me. You're going to ask me a question of, like, what's firing right now at the bottom of this squat? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Oh, my God, I don't know. And every single day, I felt I would leave the gym, and I would go home and be like, this is not for me. Like, I can't do this anymore. But the thing was, I knew I wasn't there for that reason. I knew I was there because I believed so much in the power of movement, and I knew that I had to stick with it. So to me, what that meant was I had to redefine what my definition was of being a good trainer. To me, for my entire career, I thought that a good trainer was somebody that knew every single muscle in their body, and those are good trainers, uh, nothing, nothing against everybody that knows that, but every single muscle in your body, every single way to program perfectly for every single person, every single athlete, I mean, the list goes on and on. But what I didn't place any value on was somebody that was really, really motivational, or somebody that could talk to the elderly population and get them to dance and move, or somebody that could literally speak to Susie Q in Seattle and motivate her to get up and get off the couch. I didn't place any value in any of that. And so I was missing it. I was missing the fact that yes, we need absolutely the most intellectual people in our industry, 100%, and they serve a huge population. But we also need those of us who have a certain drive and a certain passion for just simply getting people to move or just simply being that positive place for somebody to go to an hour every day or once a week. And there's value in that. And I didn't find success until I redefined that for myself. And I'm not saying success as in like a number of followers. I'm not saying success in that way. I'm saying success in the way that I truly felt like I was living my purpose. I truly felt like I was in my place and that I was creating a difference. And I truly felt at home. And the thing that happens when you live in your purpose and you feel good about what you're doing, you radiate positive energy. And what our world needs more than anything right now is positive energy. So if you guys take anything away from this, it's that, Whatever that thing is that's inside of you, whatever it is that lights you up, maybe when you're training clients, or maybe it's not when you're training. But the thing is, is if you can find that, if you can hone in on what that thing is, and you can go bring that out into the world, that's what we need to do. We've all come into this industry because Somewhere along the road, we care about people. We care so deeply about creating a change in people's lives. But at this point in time, it's important for us to recognize that there's a lot of people that aren't even moving. There's a lot of people that we're not even speaking to, which means that each one of us can dig deep and figure out whatever resonates with us, whatever passion, whatever purpose that we have, somebody in this world will relate to it, somebody else. And so when I started, when I then evolved onto social media, my thing was really that Susie Q in Seattle, I had a love and a passion and a drive to get her to get off the couch and to be... Motivated to take care of herself because I knew movement was such a powerful tool. I knew that if I could get her to get up and to start walking, that she would start feeling better about herself and then that would evolve. And it would come from her. She would be empowered. She would value herself. If I could get her to move, she would value herself and her body. She would learn that she was much more than her body but that she needed to be grateful for it and that it was the one thing that she had for sure in this life and that the relationship that she had with it was the most important relationship she would ever have. And that was my thing, and I ran with that. And so for me, it's like when people say... You know, how are you so successful or what are you doing right now? It's not that I know everything. All of you guys probably know more than me. I went to every course. I went back to school and got my master's. I did everything to possibly prove to myself that I was intelligent. But at the end of the day, I was missing that there's many different forms of intelligence. And at some point in time, what my gift was, was being creative what my gift was, was being a cheerleader. I mean, I should be a professional cheerleader. That was my thing, I loved it. I loved being able to cheer people on and just say whatever you can do right now, go do it. And so I found found my niche in being able to meet people really where they were at. And for social media right now, for me, it's such a powerful tool and it's such a gift. But the thing is, is, we all need to be in this together. We're all one big team. There's a big wide world out there that needs us and that we're not speaking to right now. And I hope that if you guys can take anything away from this, it's that dig deep, Figure out what that thing is that lights you on fire and go run at it full steam ahead. Because if you have that passion and you can bring that to one other person, it's a ripple effect. And I don't have to keep saying that our world is not healthy, but we're the ones in the place. We've chosen to be here. We've chosen to be the leaders. And we need to be the ones, almost in some sense, the parents that decide, Okay, we've got to switch our parenting plan right now, because there's a whole population of people that aren't even getting up and moving. They're not even getting off the couch right now. So what are we possibly going to do? So if I can leave you guys with anything, it's that really, really digging deep and being okay with that thing that sets you on fire, being okay with that thing that you find so much joy in, and just running with it, because believe me, literally three years ago, I, I, I was going to exit this industry. And until I made this change of just being like, I'm gonna run at what I am good at and what brings me joy in life. And that is the only reason why I'm here today. So I just, I'm so, I'm grateful to be here, but I'm, I'm also would love to leave you guys with um, kind of this like, can, I would love if we can all kind of step up to the plate and recognize that there's a really big world out there that needs us and that's not healthy and that there's a time and the place to be you know, the, the perfect trainer and the most intelligent trainer and I have so much respect for you guys, but there's also a time and a place to value those of us that find motivation in just simply getting people to move and it takes all of us to make this industry go round. It takes all of us to get this world healthy and I believe that's why we're all here. So thank you, thank you so much. I wanted to leave time for questions um, because I think that that's kind of the most important thing that I'm here to share and I would love if anybody has questions just to open it up and to have a discussion because we're all in this together. Yeah. Um, is there something that you do on a daily basis to like care for your inner self mm-hmm. your mindset? So you have oh yes. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. Being a trainer is... uh, People outside this industry do not understand how difficult it is to be a trainer. We are working with people day in and day out. So we are therapists day in and day out. It is so taxing. And it was one of the reasons why I... Another reason why I was like, I'm not built for this. I literally... This is not... I care so much. I care more about them than I care about myself. Um, So long-winded answer, 100%. One thing is I move every single day. I have a coach now, and I program, and I I coach movement all the time, and I was like, the one thing I can do for myself is to have that space and have that sacred space and have somebody coach me through, and I do that. I also listen to myself, and I also take breaks, and I also take time off of work. I took all of September off. I value my health more than ever before and I value my time and my energy and I know that I can't be everything for everybody and I think that I have a mission and I'm sticking to that but it will never come to fruition if I'm not a healthy human being. So movement is really important to me, sleep is really important to me and my downtime in my space and saying no. Yeah. My question is
1: very simple. Yeah. Uh, was, you've basically gone through a long journey to figure out kind of where your space is and find exactly who you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. which very few people get to that apex. you know. So was it one particular instance that kind of was a catalyst to all of it, or was it a set of different sequences that kind of got you to where you are?
0: Um, great question. I think the, the catalyst was graduating from my master's. I went back to school, and I got my master's in exercise science, and I sat there. I still remember this moment, and I was like, you're still not good enough. You're not good enough, you're not smart enough. Somebody's gonna tell you that's not how you coach squat. You don't know all the muscles in the body. And it was, it was the most insane negative t- self-talk, and it was like the moment of like, I'm not even practicing what I'm preaching right now. This is ridiculous, Kaisa. You can continue to focus on all the negative things, all the things that you aren't, or you can realize that eight years ago at that time, you got in this industry because you had a passion and you had a purpose and you had a mission and you can switch it right now. You can almost in some sense like man up and put your ego aside and decide that you're gonna focus on what it is that you can bring to people. And for me at the time, it was really that like, how much more education do you need to prove to yourself, Kaisa? You're never gonna be the most intelligent person. Does that make you a bad trainer? No. What made me at that moment, what made me, I felt like a good trainer was I was creative. I was creative with my movement and I really genuinely cared about my clients. So the group of clients that I had, they knew that. And I was like, I can continue doing that. I'm bringing value to them just by being that human being and just by being there and getting them to move and and being positive. The thing that we forget is as trainers, if you see your clients for an hour, that is one hour a week or twice a week that they have somebody that cares about them. That's rare they have somebody that's dedicated to being like, how are you? How are things going? This is a safe space. Let's walk through this right now. It's a difficult time. Me meeting you where you're at right now may not be crushing you, Maybe saying like, whoa, you are in tune with your body. You are right. You just need to relax right here. You need to stretch. You need to talk it out. Amen. Let's go. And that's something that's valuable as well. So again, long-winded. It was definitely when I thought that I had done the thing that I needed to do to prove to myself that I was smart enough and good enough as a trainer and it still wasn't enough for me. So that was kind of like my, you need to wake up, Kaisa.
2: Yeah. What is the toughest part of everything you do of your job
0: now? Whoa. Let's see. Um, The toughest part about what I do Staying with my mission, <clears throat> 100%. Um, I'm in an industry right now on social media where sex sells. Um, and I refuse to see the body as something like that. And, um, and that, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, And that is a battle every single day. Um, not with myself, but I get so emotional talking about that. But with the world, and with corporations, and with money. And I, um, and I refuse. I refuse to be summed up by what we look like. And I will not, y'all can call me out if you see it, I will never, ever sell out in that way. And that's definitely the most taxing thing, I think, um, that I deal with. Yeah, thank you. I have to tell you, I'm totally fangirling right now. Oh, thank you. I have a huge crush on you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Never thought I'd say that in front of a room. Thank you. Thank you. All of my fellow trainers. But a couple of things. One comment: every single video you do, every single picture you post, it doesn't matter how hard the exercise is, you have the biggest friggin' smile on your face. And I love that. Thank you. I absolutely love that because there's a lot of times we see exercises demoed, and there's nothing going on on the face. But I think that translates to um, a certain level of positive energy as well as enjoyment and that we can enjoy the struggle that we go through. Mm -hmm. So my question for you is where are we going next? Woo! Let's go, team! Well, the thing is, is like... My whole thing is where we're going next is we are changing the world. And this is the thing that makes me the most excited. We are, we are in a position to really be the ones that create change. I don't ever think media is gonna change. I don't think that, I don't think that we can hold our breath for that to change and for them to like stop selling sex. That's never gonna happen. They're always gonna define people by their body because that's how they're gonna make their money. But you know what? We're the ones working with the people they're not working with the people, we're the ones working with the people day in and day out. We're the ones that get to communicate with them, we're the ones that get to share the message that we wanna share, and we're the ones that get to create the change. And so my whole thing is, and it's the reason why I was so excited to come here, is like, do that thing, do that thing that lights you up because, maybe what lights you up is seeing the transformations in your clients, but I believe that there's other things that light you up, and that's what this world needs, and that's what this industry needs. So if I can do anything, of course, it's to continue showing people that they are much more than their body, to go against all of what media has told us healthy looks like, and to understand we're all different, we all look differently, and we're the ones out there with the power to be able to communicate that to people.
2: Thank you. Hi, um, I wanted to ask you, what do you tell yourself and what do you tell fellow trainers or what would you tell us? Yeah. For those of us that have a certain amount of vulnerability, putting ourselves out there in the public eye, in front of groups of people, you know, this is something I love that I'm very passionate about and there is a sense of vulnerability and and Doubt putting myself out there like that?
0: I feel like we can all say, yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) we all agree. I think so 100% to that, my whole thing is feeling like. If you can stand in the thing that you feel most confident and passionate and the thing that brings you the most joy, then that's where your confidence will grow. And for me, it was so crazy because people would be like, you were a good athlete and you're a good trainer. You have clients. And I literally shriveled every single day. It was an act that I was putting on every single day, like, oh yeah, I got this, I got this, and I, the, the negative t- self-talk was so intense, it was ridiculous, but it wasn't until I owned what I was good at and I placed value on being creative, I don't think, we don't place a lot of value on that, like, I just place value on, like, I'm creative, my clients come to me because they're, like, entertained by what they're doing, there's value in that because they continue moving, and I think the thing is, is, like, dig deep. Dig deep and figure out what that thing is that when you stand in or when you talk about, you're comfortable with and just own that. We always think that we have to be everything in this industry, right? We have to be a nutritionist, we have to be the perfect coach, we have to be able to train athletes and kids and everybody and we are not super women or supermen. It's not possible. You can just own the one thing that brings you joy. You can stand in that and you can stand in that confidence and you can know that just you being in that space and exuding that positive energy will literally change so many lives around you, so many lives, but you have to dig deep and figure out what that thing is, for sure. And you have to be okay with what it is. You have to be 100% okay with. I mean, that was a huge struggle with me. Like, really? There was so much ego wrapped in it. Like, no, Kaisa, you're always the best, right? You need to be the best. You need to be the best. I'm like, hell no. I don't need to be the best. I don't need to be the smartest. I have a mission to get people moving. So I need to set my ego aside, and I need to say, being the best is being the best and most creative. And I'm okay with that. And I'm totally okay with that. But it it, it takes work. That's the other thing. I still struggle every single day with not feeling like I'm intelligent enough, believe me. That is a struggle every single day. Still feel like someone's gonna say, whoa, well, you got a lot of followers, you should know everything. And every single day I'm worried about being like outed. And every single day I have to remind myself, you're more than that, Kaisa. And yes, there's a million people that know more about the human body than you, but you're creative and you're still getting people to move and you're still doing good in this world. So go with that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <That's> so intense. <laughs>
1: First off, whoa, like (laughs) your speech right there resonated with me in a way I I haven't been hit. You got me all choked up and stuff just uh, with the message you're pushing because it's something I've taken a lot of pride in for a lot of years. And uh, yeah, thank 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 you. you.
0: Thank you. And then
1: uh, also, you know, along this this journey, you've put a lot of different ingredients into your whole tank of how you move Mm -hmm. is there a style in particular that really is at the root of what you do you know i know i don't really identify with a particular style but i know when i fell into yoga Uh, that really blew my mind and kind of opened my eyes to more of the the philosophy you're talking about and has really shifted my way of exercising so is there something like that for you
0: um jumping plyometrics bring the joy out of me um I do challenges to be there's no there's no form of movement that's really like it's not like yoga or plyometrics or calisthenics it's not it's not one thing it's a challenge and it's one of the reasons why I hired a coach I love being challenged I love failing and I love having to like dig deep and have this conversation with myself like Kaisa come on let's go like, come on, let's go, let's dig deep. And that's where I find the most joy. And that's where I'm like so lit up inside. So it's not one thing, it's definitely that, like, what can you challenge me on next? What can I fail at? And what do I need to work at for sure? Thank you for being so vulnerable and open. Thank you. I gotta say, spot on on everything you're saying. Mm, thank it's you. Good stuff. Uh, my question is you said after college your body was trashed and injured, mm-hmm. and what did you have to deal with and how did you fix it? That was a journey. So I, um, <clears throat> well, just going backwards just a little bit, before I had gone to college, I never even had lifted a weight. So I got into college, I went to UW, and immediately, if there's any um, athletes in here, you know, they just stick you in the weight room and it's like survival of the fittest. Like, you, you better be able to handle this. And I was a heptathlete, so I was training a lot already on the field, <clears throat> and then training a lot inside the gym, and I just broke my body was like, no, this is not happening. And every single year something was wrong. I had stress fractures, torn labrum, I mean, literally every single year, and it was, it was a moment for me, I know now why I needed to go through that again, because it was a moment again to be like, you need to be grateful for this body that you have, because this is the way that you cope with the world. And you better, at 21 years old, you better respect it and take care of it. And so when I got out of that, no offense to men as trainers, but I had I had, had males as my coach my entire life. And it just didn't, I don't think that they understood my body in the way I needed to be trained. And I just, at that moment, I was like the only one that's gonna understand it is me. And so somebody asked me last night, like, how did you turn to NASM? I still don't even know how I did that. It was like, from God, there you go, here it is. And I was like, "Okay, I got to learn about my body. This is what I'm going to do. And I started running my own workouts. And I started researching a lot of other people and people that I looked up to in training. And I just started training myself. Did I answer your question? (laughs) Thank you.
1: Hey Kaisa, so I wanna I wanna say that the world of social media is very interesting. And I think mm-hmm. that's how we all know you and who you are. Um, and it's not always the case that the cream rises to the top. And I applaud you for being the cream and rising to the top, and it doesn't always happen. So I want to ask you: what is your experience? Because that's how we know you mostly. Yeah. Um, what's your experience in your in your way into social media? How did you get started in that? And And how did you, out of the people, and there are a lot of great people out there, but some we never see, and you rose to the top. How did that work out for you?
0: I don't really have an answer to that, but what I do think was, um, I think I had a purpose. I think I had a mission, and I had a purpose, had nothing to do with social media. At the time, Jillian Michaels was the only thing in the industry that, she was the only person that was on a platform, really, that was that big. Social media wasn't even around. But I knew that I wanted to get the world to move, and I knew that I was in my mission to do that. So when social media came around, for me, it was just simply an opportunity to continue sharing my message. And we only have a certain amount of hours within our day as trainers. And I just had this like, aha, okay. So here's here's the way that I can talk to people across the country. Here's the way that I can keep sharing my message. And it was only here's the way that I can keep giving them like little tokens and things to do. Going back just a little bit, as a trainer, I realized how elitist training was. And I had a really, really hard time with that. I had a really hard time with thinking that you have to pay that much money to get some type of educational motivational movement. And I really struggled with that. I didn't know what to do except for to to teach group uh, training sessions and to teach group classes. But other than that, I still thought I'm, I'm not reaching the person that can't even afford a gym membership. Like this isn't right. Um, and so when social media came along, it was another one of those things of like, okay, here's how I can give people little tokens and things to do and like be creative and you don't need anything other than your body. So I just, I used it in that way. And when people ask me the question of like, you know, how, how to build a social media or like what to do, I don't have quite the answer. I think that you need a purpose And I think that you need to be using it for something other than the fact that you just want to gain followers. And I think that you need to have, you know, obviously I'm in this industry, you need to have a backbone, you need to have education if you're going to be out there telling people to move. Like, you need to come from some substance. And the thing that will ultimately set you apart is your message. And is it different than other people around there? And does it resonate with people? And I think that's the thing right now with social media is we see a lot of... I'm not gonna call it crap, because the thing is, I fully believe in anything that gets somebody to move. But we see a lot of stuff out there that isn't the best quality, and isn't really kind of getting the right message across. And it's on us again. We can sit here and we can talk negatively about it, or we can just rise up, and we can just decide that as collectively, as a team, and as a community, that we're gonna show the general population they probably want their trainer to be educated, that they probably want to follow a more well-rounded program. And that is really like, that was just my belief from the very beginning and why why I'm still on it and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, So I agree with your story about how purpose over popularity always is the best way. Um, your story is pretty inspiring and I always follow you on uh, Instagram Thank and you. I get a lot of tips and I learn from you. Um, and I noticed that you do boot camps and you travel a little bit, but
2: I was just wondering when you would come back out here and do a boot camp. We, we could all move with you.
0: Oh my, say <laughs> when and I am here. I'm so, I, we, I should, we, I'm so, Sorry that there was not something scheduled for movement because I would be so honored to coach my peers through movement. So, say when and it will happen. 100 percent. 100 percent. Yes. 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 Thank you. I'm not calling on names. Otherwise, I would call. Hi.
2: Oh, I'm also a oh, super fan and I have friends Thank back you. home that are
0: super excited that I'm here, they're very jealous. So I just wanted to say I love that you talk to yourself because I have mastered the
2: art of self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're feeling um, your most down on your really hard days, not when you're training and you're talking yourself out of a hole, do you have like a daily mantra or something that just really works to pull you out of where you're at?
0: Good question. I am more than my body is for sure my daily mantra. Um, <clears throat> it's so fascinating because, I'm gonna go a little bit on a tangent right now. Um, so, when I was born, I was literally born muscular. And back then, um, that was not a thing. Like strong as you, I always say strong as beautiful was not a thing back then. CrossFit wasn't around. Like that was not a thing. And I for a long time was considered one of the boys. And it was a very difficult thing in middle school and up in, you know, high school to deal with. And I had to teach myself. I had literally to dig deep and teach myself that I, they weren't gonna define me by my body. But still to this day, it's a struggle for me. So I don't have a mantra, but I am more than my body is very real for me. I think people look at like, oh, well you look that way. But there's always things that we can pick apart about ourselves and there's always things that we don't like. We're never gonna get to the point where like, yes, every single thing that's going on, I love right now. But my whole thing is how fast can you switch it? So how fast can I say like, my whole thing was like, oh my God, you have bigger arms than all the guys. And then, really quickly, I learned to be like, Kaisen, that's the reason why you can do. Pull ups or ten pull-ups. Like what? It was like, how quickly can I change that negative self talk to positive self talk? Because what I realized was, your body is always listening to you. And how the hell are you going to talk crap about the thing that gets up every single day and takes you through this life? How are you going to do that? And how are you going to define it by what it looks like? Are you kidding me? That is the least important thing. Let's be real. And that was the thing for me is like. I am more than my body, and I still have to tell myself that, literally every single day. Every single day. Yeah, yes. Let's see. yeah. hi.
1: Hi, thank, you. thank so you. So you definitely resonate with me as well. My name is Shay Vasudeva from Shay the Coach, and as you can see, I'm 5'2 and rather petite. Um, I used to be a licensed therapist, Mm -hmm. so when you said, hey, I thought I was going to go to social work. Anyways, I resigned, and I switched to being a certified personal trainer because I wanted to just have a different venue, Mm -hmm. Uh, but now my challenge is, you know, you keep saying to choose your one thing. Mm -hmm. I thought my thing was going to be counseling, and then Mm -hmm. I found my thing, and then I had my own story. Mm and now I'm a CPT and I bring a variety of things to people. So is there anything that you did or you could pass on on how do you distill that one thing and find that focus?
0: Do you enjoy counseling? Do you enjoy talking to your clients that you have now? I do. Do you find passion in that? I do. You're that trainer. That's you. That's the thing. You use, I used movement as my tool. Mm-hmm. But like really what you're doing, you're just distracting them with movement and you're working on the mental and that's what you're doing and you're that person for them and own that. If you love that and if that makes you happy and you find joy in that, own that. That's beautiful. That's a, we're all like therapists, we're just not certified to be them. So that's, that's beautiful. You have the skill set to take somebody in. You know, people are, when you get them to move, you get them to be the most vulnerable that they've ever been. That's a beautiful thing. That's more powerful than sitting in a chair and talking to me this way like, I'll get you to move, I'm gonna get you to open up. And then because I have the education behind it, I'm gonna work through the mental side of things. That's amazing, that's amazing. That That's, you can go light the whole world on fire with that.
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: Yeah, own that for sure. Hi, thanks. Hi. Um, first of all, just really big thank you so much for that thank message. You. It's so important and it's, it's really more important than anything else as far as I'm concerned about we are more than our bodies and also that it's not just us who are gonna be the embodies of that, all our clients who are gonna choose that mm. for themselves and we're gonna see that change their lives. And um, men and women for sure, mm-hmm. it's a healing for everybody and I just wanna to speak to you about your intelligence and you know, the intelligence is only a limitation. It can never go where you are going with your spirit and with Thank your positive you. energy oh and God. your creativity. <laughs> Thank you. It's like your intelligence is plenty All anybody could ever need more than that. It's only going to limit. So don't ever sell yourself short what you got. Thank you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Did I answer them all? Yeah.
2: All I really wanted to say was that I
1: love you. That's I all. love you. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank that you, you are
2: super inspiring, and I Thank really you. hope to get a picture with you after. Hell yes. And a hug. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. I can hear. I just have one question. Um, I'm wondering, being a college athlete and stuff, um, after that was over, How did you kind of like restructure your brain and your motivation to not be training for that, (laughs) but be training just for like health, wellness, and life? Um, I didn't let it go for a while. Like, (laughs) let's be real. So, when I graduated from college, I was like, I haven't lived out my glory days. Like, I got to keep going. So, once I healed myself and I was feeling better, I went to CrossFit. And at that time, again, it was another thing of like, you're not listening to your body, Kaisa. This isn't working and I again broke myself down. And it wasn't until I broke my leg, which sounds very dramatic, until I realized like, you need to start listening to your body. The entire time that you were training through athletics and then CrossFit and everything that you were doing was just another form of beating yourself up, right? Just another form of like, I'm not good enough, so I'm just gonna go trash myself here. And it came to the point in time where I literally was sitting there with a broken leg being like, okay, if you heal for me, (laughs) like I will never ever ever treat you like that again and it was like it the thing is I always tell you your body will talk to you and if you're not listening it will literally it will break a leg for you to sit down and listen to it and it was at that moment where I was like okay this is I can listen to it right now I can listen to you and I'm going to switch my mentality of needing to go balls to the wall and needing to go crazy because really all that was was a form of like It was a form of I didn't love myself and I wanted to go crazy and beat myself up in that way. And instead, what I was going to do was say, like, I'm going to listen to myself. I'm going to love myself and I'm going to listen to myself. And whatever you want to do in whatever given day is enough. And, And honestly, it was cutting back a lot on movement, a lot on movement and being okay with that and being okay with just like, I'm just gonna go freestyle for 30 minutes, and like, you know, that's fine. But that's a hard one, woman. It's a really hard one. We're ingrained yeah. to think that like performance is everything. And I think that it's a process. Um, and it's a process of valuing our body. You get to a certain point in time, you're like, I wanna be 80 and like moving around. I don't wanna be broken. And you need to take care of your body and listen to your body if that's what you wanna have happen.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Mm hmm. Okay, since I have the mic, yeah. do I go? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you said some incredibly inspiring things early on about how you were in a deep dark place as a teenager and you had to pull yourself out of it i have teenage girls and a Mm. lot of the messaging you have provided here really would resonate with teenagers um i know that i don't know if that's your client base but they also don't do social media my girls because i feel like in social media right now they are being trained to sell their bodies and I use that love as love that a, you don't
0: let them be on social.
2: And Yeah, yeah and they don't push me back uh, oh. right now. <laughs> they're only, they're 15 and 14, but... Wow. Um, I was just wondering, do you do seminars for teenage girls, or do you, your message, especially, I don't know if you share that message about your childhood very often, that coupled with where you've come and how you've overcome the obstacles is so powerful for that age girl. I mean, it's powerful for us too. Obviously, we're all choked up, but do you ever do... I never okay. have, I've never told that story before, so I've never I had, <laughs>
0: but I would, I would love, I would love to be um, the woman that I needed at yeah. that time. And I would love, love, love nothing more than to have the opportunity to do that. So we will look I into t- that.
2: Yeah, I'll talk to you after. Okay, for sure. But I just for think sure. that would be incredible. For Thank, you. Sure. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you
0: so, Thank much, you for so much. You. much Thank you. I
1: have a question. Uh, when you were going through the dark days, as she said, mm-hmm. was there anyone besides yourself that you, listen to to help you come out of that dark place?
0: No, I was like rather ashamed that I was in that deep, dark place. I came from a perfect family and everything was good. Gonna make me cry again. Um, And it was like my own battle and struggle and I didn't want anybody to know. I mean, it was literally up until probably a few years ago that I told my mom that story. So, um, no, I didn't turn to anybody, I turned to myself and um, my body, and I worked my way through it. Yeah. Hi, I just wanted to say that um, the videos
2: that you have, um, you use like household items and suitcases (laughs) and (laughs) chairs and rolls of toilet paper and
1: (laughs) pots and pans to do workouts.
2: When I saw that, I was like, "This girl rocks! <laughs> you. you can take anything and make a workout out of it." Thank and you. I admire that. And that's how I got Thank to know you. who you are. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank it's you. entertaining, by the way. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Well, there is a little bit. I, I just because I'm in front of my peers, we can talk about this. There's a little bit about what I do with the stuff. It is to prove that no matter what you have, you can you can move and you can get a workout in. But it is the the fact of also that there's a whole world out there. I have a message, and I want my message to come across. But I'm also very aware that there's a world out there that isn't quite ready to hear my message. And what they're ready for is something a little bit more entertaining. And what they're ready for is something a little bit more like eye candy. And so I'm very conscious about what I put out there, knowing that I have a purpose, and knowing that I have a message, and knowing that when the time is right for them to hear it, they will. But also knowing that I'm going to meet them where they're at. And that if they want something slightly entertaining and then they follow and then they can start getting the things that I'm kind of feeding to them underneath all that, that that's really the goal as well. But thank you.
1: Yeah. First off, thank you so much for being here. Thank much you. respect to you for appreciating your body. And my question is, what is one thing that you wish more people knew about you that they may not know at face value?
0: Um, wow. Well, that's a hard one. Honestly, it's so freeing to share my story. It's so freeing to stand up here in front of all my peers and be like, y'all are smarter than me. You guys know more than me. I may have a platform right now, but there's so many more of you that are so much more deserving and being of a space of being like, you're the most intelligent trainer and everybody should know about you. There's something very freeing about that. It was like the moment that I decided to say, um, you can't out me anymore because I'm just gonna out myself. I'm just gonna be the one that says like, I'm really not that smart, but I'm really creative and I'm gonna run with that. And it feels, today feels like that day for me as well in front of my my peers. So I don't know if there's anything, um, that's a hard question. I may have to find you later. <laughs> <laughs> you <gonna> no. <laughs> um,
2: hi, so I really resonate with your feelings of like, maybe feeling like an outsider in an mm. industry that's all about how the body looks. Mm-hmm. And
1: so as I work with clients trying to help them see,
2: or come come with a bigger goal mm-hmm. or something, and realize that you are more than a body, how do you help them shift their goals from this uh, lose weight,
0: lose weight, lose yeah. weight mentality to appreciating that the, is who they are? That is a great question. Um, Meet them where they're at. It's so I'm so happy you asked that question. When I first came into this industry, um, I was like, well, I'm not training anybody to change the way they look. Like, I'm not doing that. Here, you go train with her. You go train with her. And next thing you know, like, I have no clients and I'm not doing anything. Like, guys, <laughs> you're missing the point here. What I realized was I had to meet them where they were at. I didn't care why they came, why they thought that they came to train with me, right? Lose weight, fine. I don't care. Let me get you in the door. I took it, the onus was on me to change the way that they thought. The onus was on me to start setting up situations in which day after day and session after session, they were more empowered by what their body was achieving and less concerned about what they look like. But it is a process. You are unwinding years of what they've been told. And that is, you need to work out because you don't look a certain way. And so for me, the biggest thing is like, wherever you're at, I will take you in. I, will, I know more than you, and I will care for you more than you care for yourself right now until you get to that place. But it's meeting them, 100% meeting them where they're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. I have a learning disability. Mm-hmm. And all through high school, I didn't even realize that I heard of, had a learning disability. So everything takes forever for me to learn.
1: Mm-hmm. And fortunately for me, my sister, who is was a personal trainer, just worked with me, teaching me how to live properly, teaching me how to do this, teaching me how to do that. If I was a paid client, she would have given up on me like for, you know, like a hundred times. So my question is, because she was my motivation and she was always there, have you ever met a client that just
0: learned so differently that you almost was to the point? Oh yeah. Oh (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mary. Her name is Mary. (laughs) She won't listen to this so I can talk about her um 100% Mary was that woman for me. Um but again, it was I took the onus. I was like, this is not Mary's problem. This is my problem. I'm the coach here. I'm the one that she's hired to help her out. If I'm not communicating to her, if she's not getting it, I'm speaking the, long, the wrong language to her, and that was on me. That wasn't on her. It took me a long time to figure it out. It took me Years. Um, Mary came to me and was like, she was um, probably in her mid 50s by the time that she came to me. I can't do anything, but I know I need to move. Uh, I can't lift my shoulder up. I can't even squat. I can't, literally, I can't do anything. And I was like, okay, Mary. And I would go home and I'd sweat and like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? But like, I was like, okay, Mary, like we can. Uh, Okay. So you so you guys are the best clients for us because you challenge us, and it's our job to meet you where you're at. I care more about getting you to move and speaking your language than my ego. And if I'm not communicating to you, then I'm not doing it right. And that was my thing with Mary. It took me a while, but I figured it out. And lo and behold, five plus years later, Mary is deadlifting like 250 plus pounds as a 61-year-old woman. Like... But the point was, and that wasn't me that got her there, that was herself, the point was, all Mary needed was somebody to believe in herself. All Mary needed was somebody to speak her language and to be there and to believe in herself more than she believed in herself at that time. And I was that person for her. And, and she worked through everything and now you can't get Mary out of the gym, so. My now is, my top deadlift is 380. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! Amen. Is this your sister right here? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. More power to you. So awesome. So awesome. Yeah, hi.
2: Hello. Hi. Um, looks like we brought the rain with us from Seattle. Oh, are you from uh, Seattle? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, piggybacking off the fangirl thing, uh, same. Thank you. My clients were so excited because they all follow you and... Oh. Pretty much, a couple of them cussed me out for being able to be here today. Um, but kind of like touching base on the clients, I'm sure everybody in here has those clients who don't love to move. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of us here love to move, you love to move and love what your body can do. What do you, do you have any advice on how to get people who don't love movement or don't really like the feeling of moving or the burning? Or I always hear the whole, well, I don't like being sore. Like, do you have any advice for us trainers Mm -hmm. to kind of motivate people to learn how to enjoy their body and
0: movement? Yeah. Well, I don't believe that people don't enjoy movement. I believe that maybe they don't enjoy the movement that they're doing at that time, but human bodies are made to move. We enjoy movement. It's just being a little bit more open-minded about what type of movement. You know, like the person that goes to the gym and enjoys lifting weights maybe doesn't like being out on the dance floor and moving around, but the person that never wants to step foot inside the gym maybe loves dancing. That's movement, you're moving. And I think for us as trainers, and again, going back to like, we have an entire world out there to speak to right now. It's how can we be more creative about our movement? How can we be more creative about meeting them where they're at, about opening their minds up, about setting environments up that create something positive for them? I had all of my clients that came in, wanted to lose weight, hated moving, but thought that that's what they needed. Movement was like punishment to them. And so I just took it on, like, okay, I'm gonna figure out how to meet every single one of them, where they're at, and pick something. They may not like everything in the session, but there's gonna be one thing that they enjoy. And more importantly, what they're gonna enjoy is walking out of that session, feeling empowered by what they achieved inside that one hour. And so that was the thing is like, What's addicting is feeling good about yourself. And setting that up was my whole thing. You may not love movement as much as I do, but you damn sure are gonna love feeling good and you damn sure are gonna love feeling good about what your body just achieved. And that was, that was my goal. So I think it's just, again, I'm so long-winded, but I think it's like being just open-minded about how we train with them and what we do with them. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Hi, uh, Hi. first off. Big fan. Thank you. <laughs> um, you helped me actually become a trainer and love my body. Aww. So I definitely resonate with a lot of things that you say. However, now as a trainer and a coach and with a, running a staff and a facility, um, with my clients, I feel like the hardest thing that we have now is not to inspire them to move because we get them there. Now, how do we get them to listen to their bodies like, mm. and not over train? Um, they're, they want to be sore. They want, they're overtraining. Mm -hmm. How do I get them to listen to their bodies more so that we have less injury so they can, I can keep them moving?
0: Yes. Oh, that's a great question and something that I struggle with. Honestly, um, that it's a, it's a personal thing. We never know why people are moving, right? A, a lot of people are moving and moving very intensely because they're trying to escape a lot of things that are going on in their life. And at some point in time, there's a lot of things. And I did it that you you go balls to the wall in movement because you just don't want to feel all this other stuff. And so there is a space that basically at some point in time they're going to have to hit the wall on their own. They're not you're like the parent trying to tell the teenager that, you know, they shouldn't do that until they realize why they shouldn't do that. Until I I wasn't I was a trainer, until I broke my leg. I didn't realize that I was going too hard. I mean, I knew, but I, it didn't sink in. So I'm not quite sure. I think you can keep Practicing, I think you can keep talking about it. I think you can keep putting those tokens in, because when the moment comes, and I hate to put this on your clients, but when the moment comes that they do hit that wall, they'll have all of your um, words behind them, and it will, it will click. They're gonna get it at that time. But I'm not quite sure, besides continuing to do what you do and you know, leading the way by how you train and, and what you talk about, I'm not quite sure there's anything we can do. We kind of have to let people go on their own journeys. And it's more lasting when they do. When they hit that wall, and you know something, God, something's like broken or injured or whatever, and they have to work through it in that moment, they'll be forever changed from that because they got themselves there.
2: So would you just recommend, like, once they do hit that point, just being there for that them? Sounds so and grim. Saying, like, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, but... I,
0: I told you so. Like, I'm... not not that I told you, so, but <laughs> I'm I, just kidding. The way that I would be was is 100. I have several. I had several of those clients that were like that. They were women that had very intense jobs, and no matter what I said, it didn't matter. Like, I need heavier weight. I need a, you know, whatever. And it, it wasn't until something, I could keep talking to them. I could keep, I didn't reinforce that. I didn't, I did not co-sign on all of that. Mm-hmm. I could keep talking to them about the fact of why they should lay off a little bit, but it wasn't until something happened to them that they realized like, you were right, okay. And that they made that switch. So I hate that it has to get to that point, but keep talking your talk and keep doing it and, and it will resonate. And maybe it will resonate for them before they have to hit that.
2: Amazing, thank you.
0: Thank you. Hey, what's up, Kaiser? Hi. Um, who are you inspired by, and what is your favorite quote? Oh, shoot. Well, I'm inspired by... You know, I'm just, I'm inspired by, this is so... I'm inspired by all the people, I call my team, that are on my page every single day. It's, um, it's so crazy to be in a position and to feel like you have people that are like watching you and that look like, up to you at the same point in time. I'm so grateful to have them. Like my team keeps me so motivated and so inspired to like continue moving and to stay true to my message and to really go like full steam ahead in wherever direction I can because I believe in it so much but they're the reason why I keep doing that. And so there's no like there's no famous person I'm inspired by more than just the team of people that, that follow me and that are like so engaged and so, inspirational and motivational and positive to me on a daily basis. I have a horrible memory and I don't remember quotes though. (laughs) Check my page.
2: (laughs) I got a question over here. You talk a lot about individual one-on-one training, Mm -hmm. but you do group training as well. Mm -hmm. You can't go one-on-one and to get that key motivation for every single person in a group, how do you keep that same attitude when you're training 30 people instead of just one?
0: Um, So I actually, once I developed, I developed this program I called Smart Training. So I actually no longer trained one-on-one. I went into groups of like five and then, then big group classes. Um, It's definitely very, very different, but I still speak the same language when I'm coaching a big group class. It's very much um, and almost always body weight centered. So it's like, let's look at all these amazing things your body can do and take you through this movement. Um, It's very much meeting you where you're at when I'm coaching big group classes, like level one, two, three, like wherever you're at, we got you. Um, And it's very much while they're moving, kind of like what I was speaking um, to this woman over here is like, they're very vulnerable. People are very vulnerable and open when they're moving. And that's my time to speak to them. Them. And so in between, like, let's go, I'm, like, you know, saying all these other things. So it's maybe not as intense as my small group or my my, my old one-on-one, but it's definitely, the message is definitely still there. Yeah. Thank you. Over here. Yeah.
1: Um, you say you have a coach, correct? Yeah. You have a coach? So what do you think, like, for you personally, what's the the most important part of the your relationship between your coach that keeps you um wanting to maintain that relationship instead of going off on your own and doing your own thing. like What, what is it that you need from your coach to keep you um, going?
0: That's a great question because I've had a few coaches and this one is the one that I've, I've stayed with for quite some time. He cares about me. He cares about me. He listens to me. I've shown up in in the past, I've shown up a lot and a coach will look at me and be like, I can get a lot out of you. I know what you need. You need to be like pushed and balls to the wall. And DJ is my coach and he cares about me and he meets me where I'm at. And he knows, he's he's intuitive enough with me um, that he knows when there's days that I need to be pushed and when there's days that I just need to take it down a notch. And he's not, he doesn't have his own agenda with me. He allows me to just experience movement. He knows that with kind of the craziness of my life that that's my special spot and he respects that. Yeah.
2: one more question <laughs> Sorry. One more. Um, social media going back to that um, I know you answered this on social media the struggles of free content mm. versus you getting paid for your services
0: this is so um, okay so here's the thing when and I di- I think I did I did mention this so it may kind of sound the same but when I started off in with the social media world I was still working I just saw social media it there was no money in it so that's not what it was back then it was just like oh cool like i'm gonna put videos out here and people are gonna look at what i'm doing and hopefully be inspired to move so i still had a full-time job and as that started growing and as people wanted to work with and i was like oh okay like i can actually kind of make a switch it was still a ginormous jump to leave my okay career over here my business that i had and know that like this is really gonna be the thing that is gonna be able to speak to the world and to my mission, and that's where I needed to go. But it is very, very difficult, and I hate to burst people's bubbles, but it is very difficult to have a full-time job on social media. It is not as glamorous as it looks, believe me. It's like, I am very grateful for it, and I'm not talking it down, but it's definitely not this glamorous.